It's important to know. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale is solely a reimagining of the novel The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and not the 1939 film or any other iteration of the story. Welcome to Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, Aftermath, for Chapter 2 of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, Scarecrow, Part 1, and Chapter 3 of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, How Dorothy Saved the Scarecrow. This week's chapters don't really have as many similarities as the previous chapters, but they do have some common themes. In Dark Days, we find Dorothy wandering through the forest. This is the first chapter in which my version of Dorothy is actually in any kind of real peril or danger. It's also a pretty big reality check for her. Despite everything she's seen and been through, she expects a certain amount of niceness and politeness from this world. She's wandering through these creepy woods and comes across a house, and without so much as a second thought, she approaches it happily. It's at this point that a brutish ogre with a giant knife bursts through the door. This is something entirely of my own design. From this moment on, Dorothy's adventure in the Land of Oz will take a wildly violent turn. Also, while I pride myself on the details of many things, I realize I completely dropped the ball on this knife belonging to the ogre. In my head, I always imagined it as being as large as the knife wielded by Pyramid Head in Silent Hill 2. In case you're too young to understand that reference, or too old, or just not into scary video games, just go ahead and Google it. It's, it's okay, I'll, I'll wait. Okay, you back? Well, if you looked it up, you know that it's really more of a giant sword than a machete. Why I didn't give it more detail? I don't know. Maybe it was just so clear in my mind that I somehow felt like I didn't need to give it any descriptors. And that's a pretty big misstep on my part. And I apologize. In The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, this chapter finally sees Dorothy on the path to Oz, following the yellow brick road. Just like in my version, Dorothy here knows she needs to prepare for the trip. She goes through the house, changes her clothes, and collects a basket full of food. Obviously, in dark days, she's a bit more utilitarian, but the general theme is the same. Also, this is a prime example of some events being somewhat out of order in my version compared to the bomb version. All this happened in the previous chapter of Dark Days. In Scarecrow Part 1, the main focus is really the Scarecrow. In The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, How Dorothy Saved the Scarecrow, it's really just getting Dorothy out the door and introduced to the world. In the bomb version of the story... Dorothy travels the yellow brick road and meets a group of munchkins having a party. She's taken in for the night by the mayor of the munchkins, Bach, and treated to a couple of nice meals. It takes a while for Dorothy to actually meet the scarecrow. In my version, Dorothy meets the scarecrow rather quickly. 
Baum really liked to hammer in the idea of the Scarecrow wanting brains, he goes to great lengths to let you know that and explain why it's important. In later chapters, we will get the same thing from the Tin Woodman and the Cowardly Lion. Again, as I've said before, and will likely say countless times hereafter, my story is really one of survival. I only make passing mention of the Scarecrow being kind of dumb. He's also accompanying Dorothy more out of gratitude for saving his life than, you know, trying to become educated or something. Also worth noting, Dorothy isn't really saving him from anything in the Balm story. He's not in peril, his life isn't in danger, and he isn't in any kind of pain because he can't feel pain. In a huge departure from the Balm version, my Scarecrow feels pain on an excruciatingly real level sometimes to the point that he just loses consciousness altogether. I would also like to point out, before we go any further, Dorothy is kind of a jerk in the bomb version when you get right down to it. Sure, she saves the Scarecrow, but he's not in danger, he's just bored. In all reality, Dorothy just left some farmer's crop unattended and open for the crows to ravage. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Both versions get references to the Scarecrow's maker, and the following chapters will delve deeper into that process. These chapters, however, serve as nice introductions, and both explain the Scarecrow really only has one major weakness, and that's fire. Although, my version does explain that being torn apart could probably kill him as well. Before I go, I'd like to take a moment here not to focus so much on the story, but a little on the writing. This was early on in my book writing experiment. It it took me a while to become comfortable with writing violence and profanity. I knew at some point the story would probably be read by my loved ones, and and it's a strange thing to let those closest to you take a look into the darkness of your mind. That being said, there are a few moments in Scarecrow Part 1 that I feel as though I shoehorned in some profanity, At the time, it felt important, and maybe even necessary. Looking back on it, though, I feel like this chapter in particular is a pretty weak point in my writing. I feel like I just overdid it for the sake of overdoing it. Kind of like, hey, look at me, I'm a big kid. I can say bad words if I so choose. So there you have it. The common themes, the similarities, the differences, the mistakes and the thoughts behind the Scarecrow Part 1 and how Dorothy saved the Scarecrow. Thanks again for listening. I truly appreciate it. And hopefully, I'll see you next week when we learn the origins of the Scarecrow in Chapter 3 of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, The Seamstress, and Chapter 4 of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, The Road Through the Forest. (laughs) 